0: Hello friends, we're going to see a video from Compassion International. Um, I think we have over 600 is it 650 kids that we sponsor currently? I think over 14 years has been about thousand close, Masermanos. or menos. Um, and these are real kids, real people. A lot of us have had the opportunity to go and, and meet our, our compassion children and to meet their parents, and they're no longer a picture on a card. They're actually real people that we love and we pray for. And so nobody has to do it uh, but i would invite you just to pray about entering into that again no one has to but i would say for our family it's been the greatest joy Uh, we have uh, one compassion boy we've sponsored since he was eight he's now 16 and taller than i am and can eat soup off my head and uh we are dear dear friends seen him eight times Uh, we have two other little girls in combo island but anyway enough about our family we just want to share that so you would know we're we're all in we are all in Roll tape, please.
1: God wants us to help other kids so we can make a difference, so that people in other countries have exactly
2: all that we, they need. This is our story of sponsoring a child with compassion. So
1: let's start off with compassion. Compassion is a thing that helps other kids develop and get what they need and stuff.
3: The Bible's pretty clear that generosity is not about how much you have, it's about what you do with what you have.
2: I remember our pastor at our church sharing about how if you don't have to walk to work every day and you have a car, like you are like one of the wealthiest people in the world. That perspective made me realize how much I really have and I realized that it was really important that we start being generous.
3: You know, we wanted to sponsor a child, and so we looked with Evie and picked out a, a child whose birthday was, was kind of close to hers. So they were around the same age, and, and it was a girl also. And her name is Marabella, and she's from the Philippines.
1: Um, Maribella is six. She likes
2: singing. She also likes drawing, I think. Understanding the concept of poverty isn't personal until you put a face to it and compassion put a face to poverty and a child's name to poverty and um, it became this huge concept that's just out there somewhere and gave us an actual person to impact
1: so they so Maribel's year was like they had hurricanes hurricanes over there typhoons over there and maybe I want to help them cuz when i think about things that i didn't really like or times where it was hard i think about poverty and how hard poverty would be and i and i thought I wonder how these people feel.
3: I was in the kitchen and Evie woke up and came in the kitchen and she she literally walked out of her bedroom with this idea pretty much fully formed to the degree that she shared with me, dad, I had this idea that um, I, could, I could draw pictures, me and my friends could draw pictures and then people could buy the pictures for a dollar and then we could send that money to people who are poor.
1: I hoped that it would make a difference that and make enough art to raise
3: $500. You know, she came out of her bedroom thinking about someone else, which is huge for a child to do, and then thinking, what do I have? What, what ability, what assets do I have that I can use to make a difference?
2: So, you know, we thought that getting involved with Compassion, sponsoring a child, we were going to be uh, making a difference. And what we found is that through, through that, Compassion has given us um, a story and this purpose. Well, God wants us to do our gifts because
1: He wants to make the world a better place and a better place for other people.
3: Um, We don't consider ourselves as having very much, but um, because we had this uh, priority, both of of the type of family we wanted to be, the type of people we wanted to be as followers of Jesus, as parents. Um, Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart's gonna be. Mm -hmm. And so um, you have to move your treasure around to put your heart in the right place.
2: As people are thinking about whether to sponsor a child, I want to tell everybody, like, do it. Like, it's gonna change your life. Like, you need to do it.
1: So the blue is the sad kid because he doesn't have enough of what he needs. They need food, water, and medical service, and shelter. And the yellow is the happy kid because he has enough of what he needs, and he's been sponsored. We can all show kids the love of Jesus. Sponsor a child and make a difference. Yes.
0: Yeah any kids that want to go down to kids praise now would be the time parents if you want them to stay here that's fine but kids praise is downstairs go and meet your leader awesome well let's have a quick introduction I don't want to tell too much of Nora's story but um, there's so many connections she um, grew up she had a Rwandan father which makes her near and dear to my heart and of course about half our Rwandan friends lived in Uganda for a while her mother was Ugandan was a hairdresser her dad fought in the in the war trying to, after, uh, during genocide, trying to get back the country of Rwanda. Um, and he was killed, his, all his family was killed. And so here she is as a young girl, nine, 10 years old. Her mother's a hairdresser, doesn't make enough money to live. And eventually when she was hungry and didn't have school fees, somebody said, well, take her to the church. And then the church took her to Compassion and she got an education You know, you remind me so much of Archbishop Laurent Mbanda of Rwanda. He actually was a a refugee child, one of the poorest kids on the border of Burundi, the poorest. And he's about 6'9", or some some outrageous height, but he, he was so hungry, he said he was starving to death. And if it hadn't been for folks taking some of what the Lord gave them and being generous with him, he would have just probably starved to death. He ended up getting his PhD, he was Vice President of Compassion International, all because somebody loved a kid in Jesus' name. And that's, that's, that's what we're investing in y'all, kingdom. So Nora, we're so glad you're here, so glad Godfrey and your three, is it three daughters, allowed you to come visit with us. So please come up with our love.
4: Good morning church. I'm so happy to be here and praise the Lord. I can't stop thanking Bishop Lawrence for inviting me here to share my story and to the beautiful friends I met, Kim and Ben, for making me feel at home. I want to thank you so much for being a church that cares for the least of these. Like the bishop said, my name is Nora Birungi. I come from Uganda. I was born in a family of six children, and I'm the sixth child. My mother is Ugandan, and my father was of Rwandese origin. I was born at a time when the country was at the height of civil conflict where so many families were affected socially and economically. To us who were living in the urban, the consequences were dire. My mother was a hairdresser at one of her friend's salons, and her job highly depended on how safe the city was at that time. The income from her job was very little and often not enough. On the other hand, my father was a soldier and he served in the Rwandan Army. My father was a very, very good guy, a very, very good father. He really tried his best even when he had very little to take care of us because he wished we had the best in life. Even when he had very little, he always showed us that he was a very good father who was able to support all of us. Because of the nature of his job, he only made occasional trips. And I remember as a child, His trips are always made memorable for all of us. As time went by, my father's support started to dwindle, and the trip stopped, and that was because of the civil conflict in Rwanda that led to the 1994 genocide. It's so sad to let you know that my father and his entire family were killed in the genocide. Life took a terrible turn after the death of my father. We had no one to run to, we had no one to help us. Life became so hard. My mother's job could not sustain our family, including food, education, and medical care. My brothers and I had to drop out of school because of lack of school fees. I remember my brothers started serving at building sites at a very, very young age. I stayed home as other kids went to school, and that deprived me of my self-esteem and self-worth. I felt like I was nobody. I saw no hope. Like a child, you have dreams. I dreamed to be a lawyer when I was a young kid, but all that was shattered because there was no hope, there was nothing. I can't tell you how many times we got kicked out of the house because of house rent. So the fear of growing up illiterate and homeless were the most terrifying things that a child can ever go through in life. For us at home, it was a hand-to-mouth, and that was only on our lucky days. But there are so many days, actually countless days, that we went to sleep without food, on an empty stomach. Life was not easy. I remember one day, we had not had a meal the previous night, and we all went to bed with completely nothing, just a cup of water, a glass of water, and we went to bed. I woke up so hungry. And I remember I was crying. I decided to go to my mother's workplace because I wanted something to eat. Even if she had forbidden me to go to her workplace because it involved crossing the road and I was still young at that time, I had to go. I had to break that road. I couldn't, start the, I couldn't stand the hunger. So when I reached there, I told her, Mom, I'm hungry. My mom didn't care. She just looked at me and ignored me. And so the lady she was working on asked her, you mean you didn't hear her say she's hungry? That's when my mom dropped everything she was doing and started crying. It was so painful to see my mom cry. She had a lot of pain. She wished she had something for me to eat, but she had nothing. And that made me so sad as a child. Like any other parent here, you would wish or want your child to have something to eat. When my child tells me they want something to eat, I'll just run and give it to them. My mom completely had nothing. And I probably think she was also hungry because we all went to bed with with nothing. The lady felt pity on us, and she gave money to my mom to go buy something for us to eat. But before my mom went out, she asked her, oh, wait, do you know about compassion? My mom said, no, what's compassion? Then the lady explained to her and said, this is an organization that patterns with churches and it's just next to you. It's partnering with a local church called Nakawa Baptist Church. A church I love so much. Even when I talk about it, I get a big smile because it changed my life. So we got out of that house and actually she say that, let's go there. They might, let's go and try. They, they, they might reject her hand. everything will change. The first thing I asked this woman was, will they take me back to school? She said, oh yes, that's what they do. They'll take you back to school. Let me tell you, we ran out of that saloon. You could think that something is either chasing us or we are actually chasing something. We just wanted to reach there just right on time for me to get onto that list. And when we reached there, the first thing I saw was a pan of porridge. I remember it was on the left, yes, a pan of porridge. And the aroma coming out of it was just so amazing. And then I see a lady coming to me with a very beautiful smile and asking me, would you please one, Would you please like to have a cup of porridge? Pleading with me. And how did they know I was even hungry? I was like, yes, of course, I'd like to have a cup of porridge. So I went and grabbed my cup of porridge and a banana, and I always tell my kids that this was the best meal I ever had in my life. I took this porridge, it was porridge made out of corn, but it had milk in it. The milk in that porridge made it so special that even as I speak now, it was back then in 1994 when I was just 10, I still feel that taste till today in my mouth because it was so precious. The porridge was made out of corn, but it had milk. The milk was so precious because we were so poor that we could not even afford a quarter cup of milk. So for me to have it in porridge, that was so precious. I had my cup of porridge, and I won't lie to you, I went back for the second one. And after taking my precious two cups of porridge, I went to the line. I remember I told my mom, I love compassion. I didn't even know what compassion meant, but I said, I love compassion. Good things are here. We can't go back home. And she smiled. So I got into the line, and I saw right because my life changed. I got into the line, my name got registered. It got on that golden list. I've always called it the golden list because it changed my name. The golden list is compassion assisted children. So I became a compassion assisted child. When I got onto that golden list, everything changed. I got enrolled back into school, and all my scholastic materials were paid 100%. I never, ever got kicked out of school ever again. After a few months, I received the best news that a child desires to to receive. I got sponsors. That was Jeff and Bonnie Mori, a couple that chose to sponsor me these are the best people that God ever brought in my life because they changed me. My sponsors loved me so much that they wrote to me letters every time. And I remember three things never missed in their letters. They said, we love you, you're special, and you'll make it. Those three words were so powerful in my life. Just to hear them say they love me, that was so powerful for me. There's no one in my family that had ever told me that they loved me. But for me to hear somebody out there who didn't even know me, to tell me that they love me, that was so powerful. Also to believe in me, to tell me that I'll make it. I lived in Islam, I grew up in Islam in absolute poverty. But for me to know that somebody out there believed that a poor child like me will make it and come out of that slum, that was very, very, very powerful for me. And I will always be grateful to Jeff and Bonnie Mori. Those are the people I love so dearly in my heart because their words became like an asset in my life. Growing up with a single mother, I had no one to look up to. In the slum where there was too much crime, it was so hard to get somebody to look up to. But compassion stuff became my role models. I remember as a child, I always admired to be like our pastor's wife. She's one of the people that I always looked up to. I always struggled so much with unforgiveness. Always thinking of the people who killed the person I loved so much, the people I loved so much in my family, my grandparents, my dad, and my cousins. I felt like I'd never forgive the people who killed them. But the pastor at the project, the compassion project, always said, You need to forgive. Even those who have hurt you so much, you need to forgive them. Because if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. That's when I learned to forgive, and I forgave the people who killed my precious family in the genocide. And it's the day I gave my life to Jesus Christ, a decision that I have never regretted. Compassion Project was the first to give me a Bible in my life. I had never read a Bible. I didn't know how it looks like. Compassion gave me my first Bible. And I remember every time we went to the Compassion Project, they always used to preach to us. We used to have very good worship and praise. And every time I went back home, I could sit down with my mother and tell her, you know what, this is what we read. We read about the story of David. We read about this and this and this. And then we could sing the songs. I could teach them the songs. And we made our own family altar whereby I could get information, good news from the project, and then bring it back home. My mother could sit down and read that Bible to us because it was translated in our local language, so it was easy for us to understand the stories. And those stories changed my family so much. Slowly by slowly, my mom started coming to church. She used not to go to church, but because of the good news, my mother started coming to church, and then my brothers too, and everything changed. My mom gave her life to Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior. All that was because of compassion. Today, I'm standing here before you with a bachelor's degree, fully paid by Compassion International, and always say, if it wasn't for compassion, You wouldn't see me here. I wouldn't be who I am today. If it wasn't for those great words that my sponsors always wrote to me and tell me they love me, I'm special, I'll make it, I'll never be here. There's so many children out there who are desiring to just hear these words from somebody who has not seen them physically but they feel they love them. Those children are there. Those children are there longing for some other person to say something in their life. Like I was longing to have those beautiful words come from somebody just to tell me they love me. I'll make it. It gave me a lot of hope. You are here today and God has brought you here for a reason just to pick up that child, restore their hope. Many of them have lost their hope. They just wish somebody can say, I love you, you are special. You could be that person today and you are that person today. I ask you today to choose a child to sponsor and change their lives and change it for good. And God will bless you so much. God bless you.
5: Thank you, Nora. Your life is such an encouragement to us of the difference one sponsor can make. My name is Kim Motley, and I lead the Compassion Ministry here at Church of the Holy Spirit. This is our 13th Compassion Sunday, and I am in awe of what God has done through this church in the lives of so many suffering children over the past 14 years. As Quig said earlier, we currently sponsor approximately 650 children, and several of us have even had the joy of being able to go and meet our sponsored children, and speaking for myself personally, it has been life-changing. If you currently sponsor one or more children, and several of you do sponsor more than one child, on behalf of these children and their families, thank you so much. For those of you who are new to Compassion International, Compassion works in 25 countries, and when you sponsor, you will be personally connected with a boy or a girl, and be able to exchange letters with that child. Now, as you heard from Nora, many of these children don't know that anybody loves them. So for them to know that someone cares about them and that they matter is huge. And the children will treasure the letters and photos you send to them. I know this because I've been to Rwanda and I've had the joy of being able to sit down with several compassion assisted children and their families in their homes and ask them, do you save the letters that your sponsors write to you? And when I ask them, they immediately go get, get up and go get the, the letters and the pictures, everything their sponsor has ever sent to them, and show me. Now for those of you who, who might not be into handwriting a letter, no worries. Compassion has made it very easy to just be able to write to your child from your computer or your phone and upload pictures right there. Also, your support of $38 a month provides life-changing opportunities such as medical care which often saves lives, the ability to go to school, nutritious food, health and hygiene training, and as the children get older, vocational skills training. But Most importantly, because Compassion partners with the local church, they get to hear the gospel message on a regular basis. And as you heard from Nora, her story is actually not unique. Often, whole families come to faith in Christ because of what they see Compassion doing for their child. You should also know that financial integrity is a top priority for Compassion. They submit an annual audit and send field auditors to thousands of program sites each year to ensure that your funds are being used properly. Now today I'm excited to tell you that we have children available to sponsor from two projects on Nacombo Island. And one is Bugamira and the other is the Nacombo Project. And these projects are near and dear to the hearts of us here at Church of the Holy Spirit because we helped build the churches there and the schools there so that Compassion could partner with the churches. And if you would like to sponsor one of these precious children, all you have to do is go to the narthex after the service and select a child. We've even set up four tables to allow for social distancing. And for those of you watching online, we have a way for you to sponsor as well. You you should be able to see on our church Facebook page there a link to click on. And you can also go to chsroanoke.com and just click on quick links again that's chsroanoke.com and click on quick links those children will not be from our island projects but they will be um, from kigali rwanda which is also an area where our church ministers although um, it, so but none of those children are from the island if you really do want a child from the island you can drop by the church office any day this week and we will also have the packets again next Sunday. The impact of sponsorship simply cannot be measured. I got to spend some time with Nora yesterday, and what she didn't tell you in her story is that after she graduated from college, she got to work for Compassion for five years as a country, or as a project director. And she told me, Kim, these children, when they come to the project, they look so, so hungry, so dirty, and completely hopeless. And she said, but it is amazing. You would not believe the transformation that takes place after just two months of being sponsored. They look nourished, and they are joyful. So today, we are asking you to consider giving the greatest gift anyone can give to another, hope. Thank you.